from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. became the mighty Battle Cat, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 195, John Reads a Star Wars Comic. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, so, uh, interesting title for this one. Uh, basically, John and I talked about doing a uh, another Kessel Run, doing Micronauts and stuff like that, and uh your, mic- your Micronauts got, like, kind of moved or misplaced or something like that. Is that right? We we have done some fall cleaning in, in my room, and, and apparently the missus moved my stack of comics somewhere. And lo and behold, I was looking from the the stack that I got from Baltimore on the the the, the trade bed or the trade whatever you want to call it, the comic the free comics pile in your room, and I saw the Star Wars, the first Marvel Star Wars trade from the uh, series that started a couple years ago, and I said, hey. I'll read a Star Wars comic to show everyone that that I can and I'm and I am interested because I picked that up and I got the Poe Dameron trade but I didn't read that one yet. But yeah, okay. like let's talk about let's talk about that with the we got a movie coming out. There's been a lot of Star Wars news in the last week or so, and uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a good good timing all around, and it gives me an opportunity to keep looking for those uh, Micronaut books. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so John was like, hey, what if we cover uh, Star Wars? And, uh, you know, he goes, I know you've read it and everything else. And, uh, I can talk, I can touch briefly on some of the craziness that I went through when it came to the title coming out. I think I've mentioned it in the past on the show, but, uh, I went and grab, I didn't go and read the full first story arc again, uh, like you did, or even though you're reading it for the first time, I did go back and reread the first issue. Uh, I found, uh, out of the 70 plus copies that I have of the first issue, uh, because as a lot of people know on the show, I think I mentioned it several times, I tried to get every single cover to the first issue when it came out, and I was successful for all but one. 
There is one cover out there for issue number one that I do not own, nor do I think I will ever own, unfortunately, uh, which is they did an action figure cover of uh, with Luke Skywalker for it, which I have that one, but there's a black and white version of it. And the black and white version of it was only sold at C2E2, uh, and I think they only sold like 250 copies of it or something like that. Uh, and I didn't know about it till like a month or two later after C2E2. And by then, the prices for it were so high. I've seen it range anywhere from $600 to $1,000. And I'm like, that, yeah, I'm like, that is way too rich for my blood. I would love to own it, but I'm not paying that kind of money for a comic book. Uh, not for that. Uh, you know, if it was like Giant Size X-Men number one, sure. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, and speaking of which, there is a variant cover to Star Wars number one that is an homage to Giant Size X-Men number one. Uh, nice. so, but, uh, so as I was looking through everything, uh, one of the things I had was I did take with me to Baltimore Con this year, uh, my Star Wars issue number one variant cover that was done by David Peterson and I got him to sign it. And that was actually really cool, uh, because one of the things he said to me was, he goes, he loved doing the cover and he says Newberry Comics, which is, it was the variant for Newberry Comics, uh, shop asked for him to do the variant for them. Like they reached out to Marvel and said, we would like a variant and we would like David Peterson to do it. Um, so they read Marvel reached out to David Peterson. He says, you know, what, you know, what would you like me to do? And they said, we would like you to do a cantina scene. And he goes, what you mean? I don't have to do the standard Han, Luke and Leia <laughs> that everyone else is having to do. <laughs> And uh, they said, no, we want you to do a cantina scene. So the, he did Greedo standing there talking, uh, you know, leaning over. Uh, you got uh, Ponda Baba in the background. You got the hammerhead in the background. Uh, it's a really cool shot. Uh, and it's one of my favorite covers out of all the ones that they did. Um, like I said, they did do, I think it was like s- anywhere from between 75 and 80 some different covers. Um, the first, the first one that's on the main cover of your, uh, trade there, John, yep. uh, there was, I think five printings of it, five or six printings of it. And all they did for each one was they changed the color of the cover. So it's the same, oh, image, wow. but a different, different color. I do have all of those. Um, I even have, there was your, there was, I believe they're f- French ones. There was French variants that were done that collected, I want to say the first three issues plus Vader number one plus, uh, um, Leia number one that came out at the same time. It's like they're, they're almost like the size of a mini trade paperback. Yeah. And there was like seven of seven variant covers done like that. And I have all of them. They're in French. I can't read them at all, but, <laughs> but the covers are really cool and they're definitely a unique piece in my collection. Like those are definitely like just collector pieces. Cause obviously I can't read them, but, uh, but they're very unique and very interesting. So I went balls to the walls when it came to issue number one coming out. I have been a fan of the series since it's been out. Um, I have based on some of our conversations before we started the episode, uh, we're going to have some differing opinions on this, but, <laughs> but, uh, so John, it was your first time reading it. Uh, reading the, the you read the whole first story arc. Uh, did. what, what, what were your thoughts, you know, story wise, art wise, whatnot, 
Um, and for those that don't know, before you get into that, it was Jason Aaron writing it and John Cassidy drawing. I, I believe he did the whole first story arc, correct? He did. The, yeah, this was so the trade is issues one through six. Right. And I think Simone Bianchi came in and did one issue, and then Stuart Eminen picked up. And as I did note, I would love to. I, I am curious enough. I'd like to go read the Eminen run to see what you know, kind of what he did with it. So it, it was interesting. I read the the Dark Horse Star Wars, the, the, the Star Wars, Star Wars title that Dark Horse put out. What was that? Brian Wood. Yeah, the Brian Wood one with yeah. Carlos Deanda, at least originally on the art. I read probably the first 12 issues of that book when it was coming. And I really, really liked that book a lot. I, I had a yeah. lot of fun with it. It was, um, you know, obviously this was all pre-EU uh, uh, blowing up or, you know, somebody deciding what is – what is true canon? What is or what's going to be recognized by the by Disney and Lucasfilm as canon and what have you? I really enjoyed that storyline, yeah, and, and I like that comic. I loved that Deanda art. I thought it was gorgeous. I just really, I that book. I got really excited when that book was out, and like I said, I read it for the first year or so, and then I just I, for whatever reason I kind of faded away. And that thing with that issue, that book ran what fifty issues. That one actually, that one actually, I think only ran about twenty some issues. Did it? I thought it ran well. Okay, so, so I again, and I it only it, ran, it only ran that long because of because the buyout happening. Happening. Yeah, okay. it, it was gonna, it was gonna keep going. It it wasn't like it was uh, being canceled because of poor sales. It was, it was canceled because Dark Horse wasn't gonna have the title anymore. I gotcha. So, so having read, you know, having read this this new trailer that well, two year old now, but. Having read, you know, what is now, I guess they are into what issue? They just released oh, issue 40, 38, 38, 38. Uh, okay. this past Wednesday, yeah. Okay, so, and is Aaron still writing it? This, uh, issue 38 was the first issue of the new creative team, which is Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. Okay. Uh, okay. And uh, that is the team that did the original Vader series that Marvel released, which was tw- went 25 issues, which is one, by... By far one of my favorite Star Wars series that's ever been done. Um, okay. I will definitely say that. Um, but yeah, so that team came to Star Wars. Now I talked with, a, I have not read that issue yet because I don't have it yet. Um, but the, I talked to a couple people that have read it and they said it's just okay, which was a little disappointing considering how much I love their Vader run. So I'm yeah. hope, I'm hoping I'll enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, Jason Aaron just finished with uh, issue thirty-seven. So okay, so so you know, it, we said we might not agree. I thought it was similar to the uh, episode eight. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Episode seven. Sorry, seven, I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen eight episode yet. Seven. So episode seven. It was fine. So it, it, and I guess this is where I struggle. Okay, it is very hard to color between the lines of this stuff when, you know, obviously, you know, they, they gave Aaron a task and said, you're going to write between the, these movies or you're, you know, you, this is your focus. Right. You know? And so, so much of this is to me, a lot of it felt kind of rehashed or it, it, it played on things we already know because right. you kind of have to build to something. And so that's where I was like, it was okay. I mean, it was fine. You know, the, I, I liked, uh, you know, I liked the whole idea that, that you know, okay, so Luke and 
Luke Han and Leia go out and they they're gonna they're gonna go to this planet and they end up picking up sl- you know they find this bunch of slaves and they're gonna take them and they're supposed to be there to really negotiate with Vader. Well, Vader doesn't negotiate; he's just gonna you know right. tell you what's what. And then you know then you have this 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 person floating around that's looking for Han and she's got that cool or you know you don't know it's a she I guess you, this this character has this cool cannon on a tripod that she tells it to shoot the hand or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and then, and then he all of a sudden Boba Fett shows up and he and Luke fight. It was, it was just, I don't know. I, I, it, it was, it was, it was okay. But again, I, I guess it's, I, for what you have, what you have to deal with. And I guess that's where I struggle. You know, yeah. we've talked about other, other properties and Canon and what's what, I just think it's really it it, it, it it can there is some constraint on the creators when they have again they have a set of, they've got here here's your here's your roadmap and you got to stay on the roadmap and so it does it, it it you again you start reading it and you're like oh god you know some of the stuff just sounds like okay they basically took movie dialogue and tweaked it a little bit to fit the current but oh, like oh, come on man it, it, but I, I can't fault them that. Because right. I, I don't, you got, it is what it is. I mean, you, hey, here's the story. Now, I will say, you know, we talked about the artwork a little bit. There's some really wonky stuff that happens. And again, I'm talking about the trade. I know we're not going panel yeah, by yeah. panel page. There's some really, just to me, some very odd storytelling choices and, yeah. and panels that don't make sense. That they, and like one to the next, they, like, I, I don't know. I just very odd. And it, and it had, and we were talking about it before we started recording. The 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 Joe book that well, if anybody remembers, you know, GI Joe has gone through 15 iterations at IDW. So the one where Alex Cal was drawing it, which I couldn't tell you what run that was anymore. Yeah. But I think I think Dix, Chuck Dixon was right. But there were some Alex Cal stories where sometimes there are these weird, like the eyes are black and. Yeah. And and there's weird shading and shadowing and and I think to your point it's almost I'd be curious if Cassidy drew this digitally and then it was colored obviously colored and lettered digitally I just again it was just kind of odd I mean it was it was it's yeah. it's hard you don't want to you don't want it to absolutely look like the character but then yeah you, you can't it so sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't is it rushed is it I, I would love to see the pencils or the uncolored just to see how much different it is, because that is one issue I think you and I have talked about, or I, I know yeah. Shannon and I have talked about it a lot, that comics today in general, they're just, the colors just seem so dark and so yeah. many. And this, yeah. this particularly, when you've got, you know, stormtroopers are really, really bright, but then there's a lot of dark, and there's adats, and there's, you know, there's Vader, who's in a lot of stuff. And it's just, uh, I don't know. Like I said, now I will I will say one of the things that I think, especially with when it comes to the art, uh, like I said, I just reread the the first issue for tonight, and sure. the art is, ex- in my opinion, extremely solid in that first issue. But I will say, as it kept going on for me, uh, I remember reading when I was reading the series, it seemed like more and more like it wasn't they like he didn't put as much time into the subsequent issues as he did in the first issue. And right. that is a known issue for Cassidy. That's why he can't be on an ongoing title is because he cannot keep a monthly schedule. When I heard he was going to be on this title, I was like, well, that's going to be a delayed book. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was totally serious. And it was like, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just like, yeah, the, this is not going to come out on time if they keep him on there. And I had so many people tell me, like, yeah, he's probably going to be on for one arc. And I was like, yeah, you're probably totally right. I was like, I hope that Jason Aaron stays on beyond the first arc. But, yeah, I can't see Cassidy doing more than the first arc. And like I said, the first issue in me, the, to me, the, the art is fantastic. So it really does pop and it really, you really do get it. Uh, there's a lot of iconic images and everything else. And I think that's done intentionally also by Cassidy. So he doesn't have to draw a ton of panels. Um, but also you have those iconic scenes, those iconic moments, like the, the ending of the first issue with Luke standing there and Vader's coming towards him. And he just has the little small wording of, from Obi-Wan that says run, uh, the right. spirit of Obi-Wan. I think it's a very powerful moment. Uh, there's some really awesome, like one of my favorite moments in the first issue. It, I absolutely love and like was cheering that they did it was to show how bad ass Vader was, was when Chewie was shooting at him. And he, <laughs> he picked up the stormtroopers in front of them and just, they just got nailed because they were his human shield. Right. Um, and he didn't care. Like, it's just like, and then, and then he brings the tower down on Chewie. Like, I just, I thought those were just some really cool moments. Like you said, they do definitely play with the wording and everything else. I think much like we've talked about when it comes to episode seven, I think they intentionally were doing stuff in this comic to appease the fans. The problem you have with that is that unlike the movie, like episode seven, I felt like they had to do that because there were a lot of people that were sour after the, prequels i don't think they had to appease the star wars comic fans uh by making it so close to the movie and using a lot of the same lines and using a lot of same imagery and everything else because dark horse had been doing a phenomenal job with the the star wars comics your point about the brian wood series i will definitely tell you i like that brian wood series better than i like the the first beginning of this Star Wars one. Now I love the Marvel Star Wars one. I think it's, it's doing very well. The later issues, I think just keep getting better and better. Um, there's some duds in there. There's been a few issues where I was like, yeah, that was just okay. But overall, there's just been some really great gems in, in the series. Uh, some characters I absolutely adore that they've created. Um, but I do love that Brian Wood series a bit more and I wish that had continued. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird because I think they, I, I think they did a lot of nods intentionally, just like they did for episode, the episode seven movie, but I don't think they needed to do that for the comic fans. I think the comic fans would have just been totally fine without them having to play up to them a whole lot. I, I, I think, I think you're right. I do think though, especially, I mean, let's face it, Marvel picked up this property and when they, when they announced, Hey, we're, we're going to start doing the comics again. They had to make a major splash, and I and and that you you got to believe that part of that was to really go after the non yeah on the non dark horse readers because you know as well as I do there are Star Wars fans that never picked up a dark horse comic of any kind. Oh yeah, and I just read that one run for a, a bit, but you know I, I knew I knew and I've seen plenty of the dark horse product that's out there, but. You know, there. I'm sure there were many, many people that never touched it at all. And, and like I said, you're you're going, your audience is significantly different and, and bigger, realistically, with with Marvels putting putting, you know, putting their might behind it. I mean, yeah. if you put out how many 80, 80 covers for one comic, are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> like, <Yeah. you> know? 
<laughs> well, and then some of and some of them were really tough to get. Some like one of them was sold through a museum. Like that was the only way you could get it. I had to go to the museum's website and order it in order to get it. Um, so they weren't all very easy to to find or track down and stuff like that. And some of them were like ridiculously expensive. And uh, but it's a collection I'm proud of owning. Uh, like I said, yeah, I still yeah, I would get that last one, but uh. <laughs> well, and, and again, I, I, like I said, I, I felt like you know, it was it was compelling enough to say, would I read more? Yes. Yeah. And and would I read? Would I? I, I again, it was kind of like the last the the last episode movie. It was fine. It was, but I think for me, uh, it's it's just tough to have to paint between the lines, and and you can't really they can't go too far off. Because we know what happens. So in other words, we know what happens to these characters, and so it. it, it, it I, I'm looking forward. I haven't read it, but but I've got that. I'm looking forward to reading that Poe Dameron book, only because I've got one movie with Poe Dameron in it so far, and so you can color the line, you can fly, you know, you can take the etch a sketch and shake it as hard as you want and right. start up because there really isn't a lot of. There's not as much constraint, and yeah, I, I agree. And I was going to say, I think I think that you will enjoy the. Podameron more. The only thing that you know with the Podameron one is well, you you at least know he lives because he's in the next movie. So that's the only thing you know for the comic, um, and that's assuming that the comic takes place right after Episode Seven, which I'm right. not even a hundred percent sure when it takes. Like the issues I've read, I'm a bit behind on that title. I like it, but I'm a bit behind on it right now. Um, it's not very clear a hundred percent like when it's taking place. At least the issues I've read. Um, but I'm pretty sure it takes place after episode seven. Um, and that, and that's it. But yeah, I think you might enjoy that more because like you said, you have more of a, a slate of not really, you know, having to work within a, the, any type of confines or anything like that. It's again, you know, it, it was compelling enough. I, I will say, and I, we don't, I don't, we're not spoiling anything. If you haven't read this in two years, tough shit, I'm just going to say right. it. Right. So, you know, they, they, they bring out this woman that they claim is Han's wife. Right. And in her intro page, she looks like a cat. It's yeah. weird. And then yeah. now this trade has sketches in the back. And so there's a really nice sketch of, you know, character sketch of of her, just her face. And guess what? She doesn't look like a cat. Like, that's <laughs> one of these issues I have. Like, you know, the the hair and the whole lot of yarn, she looks like a cat lady. It's just weird. Right. It's just yeah, weird. So like you said it was probably the coloring and everything else. I will say she is a she is a character they've kept around in the comic, which I was glad. I was afraid she was going to be one of these one-and-done characters where you don't see her anymore. Uh, but she is she has been a continuous character. Uh, obviously, something happens to her at some point because she's not in Empire's sure. back. Sure, right. Um, whether she dies or she goes off to something else, but at least the thing I liked is that they've been doing with this series. And, and I do love this series. Like, even though I said, you know, I love the Brian Wood one more and everything else. I loved the first issue of this. I gushed over it. Um, and I loved reading. I love reading this series. Like I said, there's been a couple semi duds, but none of them have been like where I was like, Oh, that was a crap issue. Like even the ones that weren't that great were still enjoyable to read. Um, but the thing I've really liked is they they have introduced some new characters like uh, Han Solo's wife and uh, there's Scar Squadron, which is a, a stormtrooper unit and everything else that have been really cool characters that they keep bringing back and introduce uh, and using them more and more. So it's not like they just bring these characters in for a story arc and boom, they're gone. 
Um, they do come, they do integrate them into the, into the universe and everything. I think it's done very well. Um, they've done some interesting things with this title. Like they did, um, a storyline that had a little bit more of a horror alien type element to it. I thought that was done really well. Vader Down is an awesome series, uh, crossover story that they did between Star Wars and the Darth Vader series. Um, so they've been doing some really good things with, with the Star Wars titles. I am very interested in them expanding out, unfortunately, because they've made all this stuff pure canon. It's tough for them to branch out because they don't know what's going to be happening in the movie universe. Well, and I want to reiterate just in the middle as we're, as we keep talking so that we don't get any, I don't get any hate tweets or ugly email <laughs> or, we, or you're going to get voicemails about this. It is fine. It again, it's interesting enough. It, it was interesting enough. I would read more. But if you sat there and said, John, is it the greatest thing ever? I would kind of say, no, I enjoyed that Dark Horse book more. But yeah. it was, it, and again, I, I will point, go back to the fact, you, you and I, you and I could sit there and try to think of how would we tell stories within, uh, you know, what a, a, I don't know how, how what, I don't know how much time is supposed to take place between. It's never, it's never been, it's never been defined, but there's definitely been some years between. Let's let's say it's two years. So, hey, John and Ryan, you got you got to figure out what happens in the two years between these movies being made. All right. Well, we know at some point we got to find Hoth and that's going to be our new base. And we got to do that. So, I, you know, and it, they do they do allude to that in this book where they're out looking for, you know, when Han and and, and Leia are out looking for a, a new base. And that's how they end up at this planet where his wife shows up. Um so, you know, those kind of things. But, again, pretty tight color, you know, tight lines to get in. I, I thought it was interesting how they just kind of threw Boba Fett in. All of a sudden, yeah. oh, the bounty hunters are around. And, yep. you know, he's he's a badass. I do I, – I like – yeah, I mean, you know, he, he kills people and takes a dude – he rips an alien's arm off. That was pretty funny. I, I um, Yeah, I, you know, again, it's um, – well, and, and I will say, like, there was some cool nods to other characters. Like, again, uh, since I reread the first issue tonight, like, they had Four Loam appeared as one of the bounty yeah, hunters. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. They never even mentioned him by name, but obviously, people that are Star Wars fans know what that character, who that character was. Um, and also, in, before anyone, because I know there's gonna be people out there going, "Well, we do know how much time was between the fir- the first movie and the second movie." In the old expanded universe, we did. I think it was, if my memory serves me right, they were saying it was five years between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. However, all of that was thrown away, and I don't think we have seen a new timeline as far as when, how much, how many years have taken place between the two, unless it's in the opening crawl for Empire Strikes Back, which I'm not remembering them having said how many years it's been. Yeah, I'm I'm a bad Star Wars fan because I don't remember, I don't think... But but again, I, I like I said, I think to color in the lines and and you know when we talked to Mark Wade, I read the Princess Leia trade. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a yeah. a fun read and it was it was pretty to look at and I enjoyed it. Again, I really wanted to go read the Eminent Run. <laughs> it's just yeah. I know Shannon Shannon picked that up because of who the artist was. Again, I, I it was compelling enough to go read more. Well, I get it at the library or pick up more uh, more trades at Baltimore next year. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna. It wasn't. It wasn't like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen, and I got to go run and go buy it and lose yeah. my mind. But, yeah. but it was. I, I want you know, as we talked about necessity being the mother of all invention. I thought it was a, a good time 
that I can reflect and and reflect on myself and say I want to be a good Star Wars fan. <laughs> things a chance. Well, and Red the thing is, is too, and it, and it was good. It was good, but not great. And that's yeah. where I'm going to leave it. And if you want to yeah. fight me over it or yell at me, up yours because I have an opinion, just like Ryan and right. Robert and Shannon, and right. we all have opinions. And right. I, I, it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. If you haven't read it, it would be if you are a Star Wars fan and you've not read it, it's worth checking out and making yeah. your own uh, making your own decisions on it. Yeah, and I will say, uh, for in your defense too, when it comes to talking about the Dark Horse series, I think most fans—I could be wrong—but I, I would think most fans that have read the Brian Wood Star Wars and read this first story arc of Jason Aaron's run, just the first story arc that you read, I think most fans would say the Brian Wood run was better. Um, I, I'll freely say it and I love Jason Aaron and I actually really loved this, this first story arc and I really love this, the Star Wars series that's, that's been going on. Um, I make no qualms about that. I, there's been some fantastic yeah. issues and stuff like that, but I will say that if you're looking at that first story arc and compare it to what Brian Wood did in, at Dark Horse, I think the Brian Wood one is, is far better, uh, both in story and in art. I think I like the art in that far better than Cassidy's art. I like Cassidy's art. I especially loved him when he did uh, Astonishing X-Men and stuff like that. But, and, and I think he's a great artist. I think he's a, at times a little overrated because especially, you know, he, while he's great, he also seems to not have the work commitment. And that's a kind of an issue for me sometimes because like I, I want the effort to be seen in the artwork and everything else. Uh, the artwork that we saw in the Brian Wood series, I thought, was very good because you still knew who the characters were. You could still identify them, but it still had its own unique flavor to it and feel to it. And was still super detailed. Like it wasn't like it wasn't, it wasn't like super stylized or anything like that. Um, going back to something you were saying earlier also, when it comes to people that probably didn't read, you know, that didn't read the dark horse stuff, which I think most people that listen to this show probably have read some of the dark horse stuff. Um, I find it very interesting too. Now that Marvel keeps putting out these epic collections of the old Dark Horse stuff, and I have a feeling exactly what you were saying earlier when it comes to Marvel putting their their name on something. I have a feeling there's probably peop- there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, oh, look at all these all these Star Wars stories that are coming out from Marvel, and it's like, no, this is all the old Dark Horse stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So, I, I'm, I, obviously, there's a lot of Star Wars fans that know it's just the Dark Horse stuff reprinted. I've been getting them because I like having them in trades. They're really nice trade collections. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I look at them and I'm like, man, I wonder how many people are looking at this stuff as saying like, man, Marvel's putting a lot of Star Wars stuff out. <laughs> um, so, but I'm happy because it means more people are touching the stuff and, and reading it. Cause that old dark horse stuff is fantastic. So, um, not all of it, but, but there's a lot of it that is. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm glad you read it. Uh, I, you know, it's, like I said, I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad that, you know, it has you at least interested enough to say, hey, let me check out the, the once Eminem took over and everything. Um, and uh, at least I do think you're going to like the, the Poe Dameron uh, trade uh, a lot. I would, if you get ever get a chance to borrow it from the library or borrow it from somebody, I would definitely check out the Darth Vader series with Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. Uh, the artwork alone is worth it, but the story is so good. 
Uh, and it went for 25 issues and, and it was one of those series where I guess that's what they had planned from the beginning, even though they announced it as an ongoing series that they had, that he had a story plan from issue one to issue 25. And knowing that you can tell because it's very tight, it's very well told, um, and it's executed really, really well. So, um, anything else you wanted to say with the, Star Wars series before we jump into some other news and other things? Uh, no, like I said, I, no, I think I, I read it. I would give it another, I would give more of it a chance. Some wonky choices on some things, but <laughs> again, you know, that's all in the eye of the beholder too. And we've talked yeah. a lot about that over the years in terms of, you know, personal styles or interests. And, uh, you know, it, it is, it, you, it, it's tough to stay in the lines. It's also tough to be beholden when you do have to make people look like people. I think to your point, yeah. you know, if you, if you go off and just change it entirely, that's going to throw everybody to and go, why does Luke Skywalker look like, you know, Zach Efron or well, I don't know if that's right. a great, you know, you're whatever it may be, or why would he look like Mickey Rourke? Or, you know, we have to think yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so, so no, it was, it's, um, I, uh, apparently comicbook.com said it's the perfect Star Wars comic. I, I don't know if I'd agree with that. But uh but yeah. It was it was it was it was yeah. a fun it was it was an it was worth the it was worth the time to read it. Yeah. And I will say I think Aaron overall does a great job of capturing the voice of the characters. Um cuz R2 is a sarcastic little shit that does what he wants. You have C3PO being a prissy little pain in the ass. Uh, you have Han being the smooth talking, you know, guy that's like, like the what, who, me, you know, that type of attitude. And you got Luke, the wide eyed, you know, he's kind of learning as he goes. And you got Leia being, you know, the person in charge that takes charge and everything else. So I, I think he captured the voice of the characters really well, even if the art didn't always capture the characters as well as it could have. Um, but yeah, it's a great series overall. Uh, I'm still really enjoying it. I'm hoping that I will enjoy issue 38 once uh, Kieran Gillen uh, has taken that over, once I've had a chance to read that. So um, obviously it's a series that's just going to keep going. Uh, it would be nice also if they could, to your point as far as the uh, the bubble that they have to work in, it would be nice also if they could jump to another time period so they're not stuck between just these two movies, the A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, it'd be nice if they could jump forward in time or something, uh, so we can see a little bit other adventures and, and things uh, with some things, some of the other things that have happened for these characters already. So um, I would really love to know more of what happened between Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens, but I know that a lot of that's probably going to be revealed in the upcoming movies. So. Um, but uh, speaking of upcoming movies, yes. uh, you got to watch uh, at my uh, at my request. You, uh, I know you're staying away from a lot of the, the stuff that was out there, but I asked if you could watch the the trailers that were out there for the the Last Jedi. Um, I put out there in a video my thoughts with the one trailer uh, that had come out during uh, the Monday Night Football game and everything. What were your what were your thoughts overall? Like what, what ideas, what, you know, what's, does it pique your interest? Does it get you excited at all? Like what, what's going on in your head when it comes to after seeing the trailers? I, I, I can't help but laugh at the red, the red dust or sand stuff 
because it reminds me of Megaforce. I, I, I'm sorry, it just does. It totally looks like Megaforce. So, you know, you all can take that for whatever it's worth. But that makes me just laugh every time I see it. And I, I watched something tonight on YouTube before we started recording that I believe was all the trailers and like a little, like a little, uh, uh, I don't want to say, I guess it was like a behind the scenes kind of thing, maybe a two or three minute vignette where they talked to the different actors and they were, uh-huh. you know, that kind of thing. Um, it, it looks, it looks, it's very visually appealing. There's that one shot of Kylo Ren and all those troopers in white. Yeah. It's just so, I mean, so sharp. I, I'm struggling with the fact that they're going to make Phasma a badass now after how poorly they handled her in that first one. Yeah. When she's fighting, when she's fighting Finn, I'm like, I'm supposed to buy that after she basically, you know, they, they, they handcuffed her and put her in a tube or something on the, on the yeah. plant on the Death Star. It just, that, that doesn't, that doesn't jibe. In other words, it, they, 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 the, the costume and, and the, all that's great. It's a cool, it's super cool. Yeah. And so I was all excited for the first one. I was like, oh, this is going to be a badass. This is going to be like the, the king of the stormtroopers. And she didn't do anything. <laughs> no. Cut, cut like a and, so all of a sudden now she's a badass. I, that and I'm, here's something, and yeah. here's something, here's where I will, uh, I will totally support what Shannon has said about the Force Awakens and, and, it should be in the movie and not in the books. So Shannon, if you're listening, this totally supports what you're saying. Um, so they just recently did a Marvel four issue miniseries that was Captain Phasma. And it's a really good miniseries. It really shows what a badass she is. And it takes place right after the force awakens. It, it basically is her trying to, uh, get the, get any information wiped away that shows that she was basically treated like a little bitch in <laughs> force awakens and, 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 and lowered the shield and that she, she was the one that lowered the shield and that she was the one you know, that she got put into the garbage thing and all that. like she's trying to wipe that away because she knows it could be bad for her. Um, sure. So she, tr- she has to track down someone and everything else. And it shows what a badass she is. The problem with that is you didn't show her as a badass in the movie and not, and there's going to be very few people that are going to compare to those that have seen the movie. There's going to be very few people that are going to read that comic to see what a badass she actually is. So they have some work in this upcoming movie to show her as a badass to make me to your point, to make me buy into that fight between her and Finn. So yeah, now like yeah, like I said, it, that that was that was the one thing I was like, oh come on, really, you know, eh, eh. But uh, no, I, I listen. They they as we've talked about before, you you've got enough. They, they give you enough to tease it, and but I like that. It to me they and maybe I'm simple. That it I don't feel like they've telegraphed what's going to happen. Oh no, yeah. You know, so in other words, like that last shot of the whatever preview, the second to last one, I think. Ray says something about, I need somebody to help me here and puts yeah. out her hand and it's okay. I don't believe they're telegraphing it. I mean, you, you, we can assume what we think is going to happen, right. but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it looks exciting and, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, well now do I have a ticket yet? No, I know you do. <laughs> yes. But, yes. Uh, you know, I ended up going the first day the last time and there's not to say I won't go. This. <laughs> I think, I think, I'm home. I think I'm home. When does it come out? It comes out December 15th, right? 
Right. Well, it uh, if you go to the early screening, it'll be December fourteenth. Yeah, blah Thursday. blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, it comes out on the. All right. There's plenty Actually, of early screenings. It's nothing you know, special. <laughs> it may not. It may not be spoilery. I may be near you on the fourteenth, and maybe I can come see it. With yeah. You. <laughs> sure. Maybe I don't know yet. That that's that trip is still to be determined. Uh, Jack, more, I will tell. I, I will tell you this. Uh, so I am. Uh, working a half day on the 14th because I had my ticket for seven o'clock that night to go see it. Uh, and, uh, I wanted to get out of work a little early so I could get over there. Um, so I'm working a half day and then I took the 15th off just because I had some vacation time I had to use. So I was like, well, I might as well take the day off afterwards. So I might go see it on the 15th too. So if, if you're available the 14th or the 15th, I would be happy to go see it with you. I know, I know that I will not be available on the 14th because that's when my event, I believe, is going to happen somewhere in the area. Again, more to come, and we'll talk offline. But uh, you know, w- dreams may come true. We, we may. That would be awesome. We'll get Chuck. We'll get Chuck. We'll get yeah. newly the newly elected Chewy. Which yes. I'm sorry, our worlds are all mashing up here. Congratulations, Chewy, on your election to your to your local council. It's amazing. I I would have never never would imagined that 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 would have happened. But hey, man, that's what makes the world so great. But we could all go see everybody in the Cle- greater Cleveland area. If I'm there, we can all go see Star Absolutely. And Nick, and, it's, epic. Yeah, Nick, Nick, <laughs> and if Travis wants to come up, and yeah, we'll all go. It'd be yeah. awesome. We will. We'll, we'll, well, yeah. This will probably stay in the episode, but we'll have to talk offline some more about that. According to what my what ends up happening, because that that could be really, really something. That could be. It definitely could be. So, but yes, I have my ticket. Uh, I ordered it the night that it, they went on sale because it's just not going to happen any other way. Um, I had a choice between, I had a decision to make between whether seeing it in IMAX, uh, or seeing it in real 3D or something like that. Um, the IMAX was good. I believe the IMAX was going to be later. Um, it was going to be like a 10 o'clock showing or something like that. And I was like, well, I could go see it in IMAX cause that would be awesome. But I wanted, I didn't want to wait till 10 o'clock to see it. So I think I picked the real 3D one. Uh, which was still like on a giant screen and everything, and uh, but it's showing at seven o'clock that Thursday, so uh, I will see it as early as I possibly can, and I'm I know I'm going to do a reaction video as soon as I get home from it that I'll post on the YouTube channel. So uh, without any, it, there will not be any spoilers in it, so uh, anyone can watch it. I, I would not spoil that movie for anyone, but uh, yeah, the only thing I will say with this movie after seeing like all the trailers and everything else. It looks like it's going to be, at least from the scenes we've seen, it looks like it's going to be pretty epic in scope. Like, it seems like it's going to be pretty big. Um, even the small moments seem kind of big and important. Uh, and it seems like it's going to be, in true fashion, it's going to be the darker movie. It's going to be, a, it seems like, I think it's going to end with a very dark ending. So, Well, I, I think it's interesting to note that, and... and based on, you know, again, I, this has definitely become a, a very Star Wars-centric episode, which is a good thing, because we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I, th- I found it very interesting that this movie has not even come out yet, yet a couple days ago, we got an announcement that Ryan Johnson is going to be doing an entirely new trilogy. 
Yeah. What, what, what did you think when you saw that? Were you surprised? I mean, I I think we knew that. I think we knew that they're going to milk this thing yeah. <laughs> forever. But yeah. we're, I guess I was I I personally was a little surprised only because we haven't seen it yet. If it came out and they said it's, if it comes out and it's as good as the original three, and and it's like the greatest thing I've seen in the last twenty five years. Then you'd say, okay, well, yeah, I can see. It. I, I was, I personally was surprised that that's. Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised that it, like you said, it, it hadn't come out, and they've already announced a new trilogy w- being done by him. And the only thing I can think of is number one that they've had such a good, t- good experience with him and have liked the product that he's putting out there that. Um, and that he, and that there's some idea that he has that they're excited about, that they're like, yes, let's do that. That they were just, they, but yeah, this, I mean, if this movie tanks, which I don't see it doing, but if this movie tanks and gets criticized and everything else, which that it could get criticized, I just don't see it tanking because it's a Star Wars movie, but, <laughs> but it can get criticized. Um, I, it's hard to pull back from them. Promising this guy three more movies. Well, but but we we've seen them pull people out yes. of a movie they're making, and so I, I it just seems like a, a to me it seemed like a rather bold yeah. announcement. That now, if you did it January first, and the movie has made eight hundred million dollars, and the fans and the fans and and critics and everybody have just gone throwing babies and think it's again it's the greatest <laughs> thing in the last twenty five years. Sure. So I, I thought it was an interesting move. Uh, it's also, as I kind of think about it, because I I was, I was reading something lately, uh, or maybe I was watching something about, you know, comic books and how, you know, basically comic writers now in the, you know, you you got into the seventies and eighties, they were fanboys that, you know, were basically writing stuff that they had, you know, it was, they were writing stuff that they had read as kids. And it's kind of fun to watch, you know, JJ Abrams is a little bit older than us, but I think Ryan Johnson is, in our age range and maybe even a little younger. And yeah. it's kind of, it is, I, you know, he says in that trailer that I, one of the things I saw that he talks about, I remember when I put all my figures out and there's a real interesting documentary that he's part of about, um, one of the old, uh, film houses in, uh, the, the, the new Beverly in LA. Okay. And, and, and he is, he's one of the, he's, he's very, He's interviewed a lot in this documentary because he spent a lot of time there, and Patton Oswalt spent a lot of time. He wrote a book about basically the summer he spent going to, or you know, the time he spent going to watch movies there. Quentin Tarantino bought the place when it almost went out of business, so it was a real. It's on. It's on Amazon. I wish I could remember the title, but basically, if you look up New Beverly documentary, it's all about how there are so few of these film houses left, and yeah. and. Part of it is that it's an old 35 millimeter projector and that, and again, it was kind of interesting learning about how, how theaters work now. Some of the big, some of the big film distributors have come to smaller theaters like them and said, Hey, we'll give you a digital, a digital camera to screen with. You've got to give us your 35 millimeter. Okay. And then the new Beverly has said, we refuse to show anything digital. We'll never do it. We're going to show film films as long as we can get them and that's part of the appeal of this play you know that's what part of their you know they'll, they'll and they have anyway it was interesting to watch him in that because he was a very 
critical or I would say critical. He, he's, he's got a lot of focus in that this was done way before these movies and, and to see him in that and talking about the movies he was passionate about and, and taking part in that world. And then all of a sudden you see him and he's talking about, Oh, you know, I put my figures out on my millennium Falcon or whatever. It, it it's, it is kind of neat to see the excitement they seem to have. Yeah. Cause again, they're, they're fanboys like us. Yeah. That yeah. Just have to, and sometimes that's a and sometimes that's a fantastic thing, and sometimes that is something that hurts the property too. You know, it's, it's very yes, you're you're yeah, you can't be beholden to it. Um, but you know, again, I think we all can. I think we all know very well that uh, that the the powers that be are going to control. They're going to control the roadmap. Yeah. Just like the Marvel Universe movies, you're only going to be so crazy in a Marvel Universe movie because. They got a roadmap to stick to, and they're they're happy with the roadmap. So, yeah. and you know, it's been I, successful. You know, so, <laughs> so, but but you know, we we have seen you know you, they pulled they pulled the guys off the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Josh Trank just disappeared uh, after right. his fiasco with Fantastic Four, and you know we're not even supposed to remember that they had him tagged for. I think he was going to do the Boba Fett movie, wasn't he, or something? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, yeah. you know, so it, it again. Interesting announcement. The only thing I've ever seen in Ryan Johnson's was Looper. I actually just watched it again probably three months ago. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I, I, to me, it held up. Um, I, again, I've never seen anything else. So it's it's kind of crazy to go, okay, he went from that, which is pretty out there in terms of some of it, you know, some of the trying to think through the time travel stuff to this, which is, like you said, big in scope, but it's the kind of the cornerstones are there, you know, you kind of know, you know what, you you know what you got. And so I do think it's funny and I have to say it because some of, some of you out there that maybe have kids or maybe if you play Pokemon, that one uh, looks like a sheep or something without a crystals. That's totally a Pokemon character. It looks like a Pokemon. (laughs) It was was hilarious. That's all. I was like, got to catch it. It looked like, just like a Pokemon. It cracked me up. That's the thing I did. Uh, I was watching it with Daniel, and he used to be an avid Pokemon player, and I was like, right. it was like a Pokemon, Daddy. Yeah, Dad, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I, like the, I like the look of that character, too, so I think it was, uh, I, I thought it was a cool, like, yeah, it's like a wolf or a fox-looking crystal. I, I thought it was like a llama or sheep or something. I don't know. Yeah. It, all I know is, like I said, it was, it looks like, but with the crystal, instead of fur or whatever it is, it looked like yeah. a Pokemon character. <laughs> yeah. No, I could see that. I could totally see that. Um. But yeah, it, well, and I think it's interesting too that they got you know J.J. Abrams is coming back for episode nine and and stuff. So uh, which I'm fine with. I think he did a great job directing the first movie. Like you know, people are just you know make comments all they want about it, but like he, you know, he wasn't like a sole writer on the you know episode seven. He directed it. So like if you know if he had issues with the story, that wasn't <clears throat> necessarily him. I mean, yeah, he played into that, but. Um, but like, I'm looking forward to, and he knew what he had to do in episode seven. So I'm actually interested to see what JJ Abrams does with episode nine when he can kind of tell, you know, the story a little bit more the way he wants to, rather than having to play up into all the, the, the tropes and everything else of star Wars. But yeah, I just, I think it's very interesting. Now here's a question for you, John, and I don't know if you have an answer for it or not, uh, or if you have any thoughts around it. So, Ryan Johnson came out and said that this new trilogy is outside the Skywalker saga. 
Do you have any thoughts about what he possibly be looking to do? I, I haven't watched anything about it, so I, first I've heard that. I, I think he, it's a. You'd almost have to think he's going to do something entirely different. Yeah. If you're not going to focus on the Skywalkers, and we don't know if somebody is a Skywalker with a different name yet, uh, that you know the new characters. Right. Uh, I don't know. He could go do Rogue Squadron. I would love that. Or he could do yeah. a Thrawn. You know, do you make a Thrawn trilogy? I, I don't know. I mean, it. I guess we. So much we try to make it up or build it up in our mind, and I guess that I got so burned after Episode One. I try and even you know and think about it. think about if we had had access to the internet and the if the the speed of information we have now and have, how much we've seen about these movies if we'd had it with episode one I wonder how it, how people would have reacted yeah. you know if it would it would people have been dogging it because you saw like a handful of previews and you saw Darth Maul and I was like oh that's cool and I, you know I, I felt like I got burned on that we've talked about that before yeah so I, I have purposely tried to stay away from it. Because I don't want to try. I just want them to tell me a story. Tell me, right? Just like not having to read the books. Tell me right. what you think I need to know and, and what's right. going to draw me in. And so, and I think like in this next one, okay, uh, Kylo's going to have to have some kind of reckoning with his mother. Right. Draw me. That's that's an interesting story. Luke's got to figure out. Okay, I got this super powerful person, and I, I've never been scared of the power before, but now I am. Okay, right. that's interesting. What's he going to do? You know, do you? And who you was he scared of? Too. To get too powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, like, yeah, and well, and, pe- and people are in people are saying like, well, who was he scared of? You know, the automatic first reaction is that he was he was never scared of Kylo Ren, but maybe he should have been. But maybe that's not who he's referring to. Maybe he's referring to Snoke. You know, maybe he's referring. You know, maybe he's referring to somebody else. I don't. We don't really know. Or maybe he's referring to himself. You know, he was never afraid of the power before, but now he is. So. Um, there's a lot of ways you can take things that were, that have been said in the trailers in different ways. And, um, yeah, when it comes to the, the trilogy, I don't really know. I've heard people mention like, well, maybe that he's hinting at the Obi-Wan Kenobi, like a trilogy with Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I think could be done. But then I feel like, isn't that he's saying it's not part of the the Skywalker saga. So I'm like, to me, Obi-Wan Kenobi is still part of the Skywalker saga. So I feel like it's got to be. To me, I feel like it's got to be something completely unique and different. So I almost feel like it could be like the origins of the Jedi. Like it could be the origins of the Force and stuff like that. Or like really go back into the past of the Star Wars mythos. I would love something like that. Um, but there's other movie ideas I think I would love, but I don't see them as trilogies. Like uh, Rogue Squadron, I think is a great idea. Um, that could definitely be a trilogy. But like an idea I even thought of was I, I would love to see. Almost like a, uh, almost a full metal jacket meets stormtroopers type movie where you're seeing the stormtrooper, like follow a certain trooper that enters into the imperial army and the empire's army and has to go through training and all that type of stuff. And maybe, you know, who knows where that goes in the story and everything else. But to me, that would be an individual movie. That wouldn't be a, necessarily a trilogy. So, um, so I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see. Have, have they ever, have they ever decided what the next Star Wars tale or whatever they call, you know, whatever, like Solo is, you know, in the being one. And I mean, I know they talked about Obi-Wan at some point. They talked about Boba Fett, but they've never they've never clarified what those or Rogue One, obviously, being the first one and Solo next. Right. And they've never clarified, though, what the third one 
is to they, be. A- they have and they haven't. They have confirmed that they are going to do an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Okay. Um, that's the last I heard. I'm almost, I'm like 99% sure about that, that they did confirm they're doing Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. They have not, to my knowledge, said that that is going to be the third one. Um, so no, I'm not sure. It could be a Boba Fett movie. It could be, um, you know, there was rumors of, uh, what else was there? Uh, a Yoda movie, which I don't, as much as I love the character Yoda, I don't think you can pull off a all Yoda movie. I just don't think it would fly. Um, I would watch it because I'm, I'm going to watch everything anyways, but, um, but I just, I don't know if you could really pull that off. Um, but then again, Hey, you, you did, uh, they did Planet of the Apes movies and the last one I thought was fantastic. And there's almost no humans in that movie at all. Uh, mm. you, it was focused com- almost completely on the apes. And I thought it was a phenomenal movie. Uh, the war for the planet of the apes one. Um, so maybe you could do a Yoda movie. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, my guess and my gut instinct says that the, the next solo movie is going to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, which God, I hope they get you and McGregor to come back and play. Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. That's, that's part of it too. I, you know, I listen, I, again, I know so, some of our listeners don't believe that I have been following star Wars for, you know, <laughs> You know, pretty much since I was a child, but I read all the books in the 90s. I just did, like all of them. And I loved, I loved Rogue Squadron, and I loved those Tales of the Bounty Hunter books. I think KWG wrote, and I don't think they were finished it, right? There was like, there was supposed to be one more, and I don't think it ever came out. I think there was supposed to be a fourth one. I think there were three, or if there were three, there were just two. But I always remember that there was, they, and it never came out. And I worked at Walden Books, rest in peace, yeah. Walden Books. I worked at Walden Books. So I knew about everything coming out. Um, I could get, you know, I could get them and, and, you know, I could get books and it was not a problem. And I looked for that book forever. And I was always disappointed because that's the one with where they, they, you know, Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc pit. And I yeah, think it's yeah. Dingar helps him. Right? I think Dingar helps Dengar, him. He, Dengar. Yep. Yep. And his girlfriend or his wife or whatever help him. And, it was so cool, and I'm like, that's the kind of stuff. You can make a trilogy out of the Bounty Hunter movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'd be up for that. I don't want to go see those. I would pay to see a Bounty Hunter movie. <laughs> you know what I would like? I don't know if, if fans, if the general public would like it, but if you were to do a Bounty Hunter movie, I would almost like it to be done as, like, those, um, uh, I can't remember if they're called art house movies or whatever, where it's like you get two movies in one. So you follow one book, you follow one uh, bounty hunter for part of the movie, then you follow another. You have two different s- stories in one movie, and do a trilogy like that. So by the time you're done with all three films, you actually have six stories in there. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. that would be pretty cool. Uh, and then have some type of common thread, maybe that ties them all together in some way. I don't know, but uh, I loved. Yeah, I absolutely adored the tales books. Uh, the, you had the Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Tales from the Cantina, Tales from Jabba's Palace, and I think there was also a Tales of the Empire one. Uh, so, but yeah, then I think there was supposed to be like a Tales of, from the Republic or something like that, and that one never came out. So, um, have, have you read? I, there's a new. I know. I think we talked about it on the show maybe once for just a few minutes, but there's that. There's the certain point of view book. Have you read that yet? Or is I that have, out? It is out. I have it. I have not started reading it yet, but I am very excited to read that one. 
Um, there's a lot of great writers in that. And I, the thing I love about it is because it reminds me of those tales books where these are short stories. I can read, you know, one or two stories in a sitting and I don't have to try to, you know, plow through the entire book and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited. I do have it. I just, I have not cracked it open yet. So, and you have some cool, like there's some comic writers in there. You got Charles soul wrote a story in there and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so some good stuff. In fact, I wanted to originally get, there was a San Diego comic con exclusive version, uh, which the cover on it looked cool and everything else. And I was like, well, maybe I'll get that one. And I looked on eBay and it's selling for like $150, $175. Here's the reason why. Like, cause I was like, well, geez, just for a variant cover to a book. No, the San Diego Comic Con version not only had a variant cover to it, but it also had the signatures of every single author inside it. Oh, wow. Well, that's so, worth it right there. Cause I'm sure some of those would be really difficult to. Right. Wow, so I'm like, cool. so I'm like, all right, maybe I need to sell a few things so I can get my hands on that because that'd be pretty cool to have in my collection. So, um, I don't know what it sold for at the show, but I was like, I was like, damn, that's expensive. But to your point, I'm like, that's pretty cool that it has all those signatures in there. So, yeah, I, I would think I would bet it. It probably cost. It probably was not cheap at the show to begin with. Yeah, I would imagine you're gonna get maybe you know, like a hundred bucks or something like that. So. Yeah. But, uh, cool. yeah, so I thought that was pretty neat, but, uh, but like I said, it was also, it was also very pricey. So I was just like, okay, I got to fi- figure out some way to pay for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I am very interested. The other thing that just came out, I just saw on Instagram tonight and I mentioned it to you before we started recording was, I don't know how much truth there is behind this, but, uh, I'm sure you heard how Disney is looking to start their own. Uh, service their own uh, TV s- or service where it's like Netflix and everything else like Hulu and Netflix they want to have their own paid service so they're actually going to be pulling their Marvel TV series out away from Netflix uh, I think it's like next year or something like that is when they're pulling them and then they're going to start their own service well there's been uh, some announcements when it came to that uh, and for Star Wars Supposedly, there's supposed to be a Star Wars love slash action TV series coming to the streaming service. Uh, and what this person posted was, uh, Disney and Lucasfilm are moving forward with a live action Star Wars TV series that will be released in the upcoming Disney-owned streaming service. According to Variety, the streaming service is expected to kick off in late 2019, though a launch date for the Star Wars show has yet to be revealed. Um, they're also talking about a Pixar's Monsters, Inc. series, um, as well as um, a Disney Channel's uh, high school musical f- franchise series. So, um, so yeah, so that's that I found interesting. Uh, I don't know if I need it to be a love action series, but... I, I don't know what that means. Is that like Mr. and Mrs. Smith? What is love action... I is don't that, know. I, I what, guess, what, is, what is that comparable to? I mean, yeah, if it's Han I, and Leia, you know, in love and, you know, shooting at stormtroopers, I get that. Right. That's an odd combination. Love like, you said, if, like you said, if it's a, if it's a, um, if it's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'm in because that was, <laughs> that was a fun movie. Um, 
But if it's going to be like mushy stuff with some action because it's Star Wars and Star Wars fans want action, then I don't know if I'm on board for that. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't know what it means. So, but uh, what do you think about Disney having their own streaming service? Well, look, everybody wants to make as much money as they can, and I, it's it's interesting to see as things get more and more segmented. You know, we have we have cut the cord in our house. And, and got rid of cable and simply have uh, Netflix and Amazon because our viewing habits are such that it didn't make sense for us to have yeah. uh, have things. However, I was really upset when I tried to go watch the Ric Flair documentary that was on ESPN. And ESPN, it says, oh, download the app and you can watch it for free. Yeah, you get a nine-minute preview unless you have ESPN uh... through the provider. So up yours ESPN and up yours Disney for – Trying to you know sell me on that and oh so guess what guess what got you know un 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 unloaded as soon as I that was a nine minute preview I wanted to watch the new Ric Flair thing no I'll wait for it to come out on something but that's obviously CBS has done it now with with and with this new Star Trek show that they're doing which I it's not my thing so I'm not paying for it right you know they're just going to get more and more segmented. It's it's I'm disappointed because of the Marvel stuff. I have not watched all of them, but I am looking forward to the Punisher show, which I believe yeah. starts next week, week and a half. I, I really I really enjoyed those Daredevil series a lot. Um, I, I have not been a good Marvel comic book fan and and watched the other stuff uh, intently, but I really did like those Daredevil shows and and I really liked Burnthal as the Punisher. So I'm yeah. ready for that. You know, I, look, it, it just seems like you're, they're going to continue to segment and segment and segment, and you're going to ha- you're going to get rid of your cable or whatever you have. I mean, most yeah. most younger people aren't using that. You know, my kids my kids didn't watch anything in real time. You know, yeah. there there weren't any shows for them. So, you know, but is that it, how much of an audience are you going to get for a Star Wars love show that maybe is not about characters that you know? Now right. I understand. Now I will say, hey, I I loved Clone Wars. I loved that show. Yeah. Never, I never watched Rebels. I've never heard anything but good, which is awesome. I mean, I'm glad to hear that there's a a show that seems to they've even incorporated or you know talked about. Oh, wouldn't it be great if you pull that out? And you know, when people start saying, oh, let's pull it out of a cartoon, put it in a, in a live action, that really says something to the quality of it that people yeah. are that you know so. You know, am I excited? No. Am I disappointed? Well, I'm disappointed in that that people are gonna want to make as much money as they can. So yeah, let's just let's continue just to leech things off, and instead of having 40 points of contact, you know, 40 points of to get it, it's gonna be 140, and you're gonna have to figure out how you're gonna monitor that 140. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that I think that's gonna hurt. It obviously has hurt ESPN. You know, people yeah. cut more, and all of a sudden they don't. You know, now they've law and they've they have really paid the price. I know they're not the only ones, but that's one sure. that I know because guess what? As soon as I got rid of cable, I stopped watching any of it because I didn't need. I, right. You know, not yeah. compelling to make me go find it online, other than the Ric Flair documentary. Up yours, ESPN. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I will say too, I did watch. I did watch the Ric Flair documentary, and this doesn't give anything away in it, but watch because I'm sure you knew a lot of this stuff, but like. I appreciate and respect the amount of effort that man put into his profession. He was a diehard workaholic. Um, 
on the flip side of that, I don't think I would have been somebody that liked him personally. Uh, there's things with his personal life that I don't. He's not a model citizen. <laughs> no, he is not. There's things about his personal life that I don't respect about him at all. However, after watching the documentary, I also realized that, you know what? It's, I don't necessarily hate him for those things. I actually feel sad for him for those things because I feel like, um, he hates himself for those things. So, um, so it, it, it feels like he had kind of a sad life, uh, personally. So, um, so it's, it, it was a very interesting documentary. Uh, and I watched, I, wa- I was never a Ric Flair fan, but, uh, I watched it because, especially because of the show and, and, you know, Chuck's a huge fan. And I was like, uh, and I know Travis is as well. And I was like, and that was my era of watching wrestling. So I don't watch it anymore. I know a lot of our listeners do and love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, but that was my era of wrestling. So I was like, I want to watch this. I want to see, uh, now he did talk about one of my favorite wrestlers, which was Ricky Steamboat. So that was cool to hear. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think if you can find it, uh, it is well worth watching. I think you would really enjoy oh, I, it. So I will find it. I have no doubt. I'm sure yeah. that's a, if, if not, I'm sure someone that listens to this show will probably help me find it at some point. Yeah. Uh, Somewhere, but, but no, I think to the, you know, the question as far as the Disney thing, I, you know, we're at a point in our lives where the, you know, the Disney movies are not, you know, we're not running out to see them anymore much. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Pixar stuff, it's kind of, if it, the, if the story is interesting enough, maybe go see it, but, you know, not have, to me, it's not having kids that are engaged in it. Right. Again, it is, is a Star Wars love action show enough for me to go, Get uh, a Disney app or a Disney Channel app or whatever they're, whatever you call it. No, not at all. I mean, right. no, not not unless they, not unless I got the story about it. And it's the greatest TV show ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now I will say for obviously for me, I, I probably would do it, but it's it's more enticing for me because if you're going to bring us some Star Wars stuff, like if you are going to, hopefully they'll do some more animated stuff like they did with rebels and clone wars, which I'm sad to see rebels ending because I, I love that as well as, as much as I love the clone wars. Um, and so if you bring that type of stuff to a service and then you're also bringing all the Marvel series that they've been doing to that service. Now it's, it is worth it for me because I love all of that stuff. So, um, if it was just the star Wars thing, I think I would have found some other ways to watch it. Um, but if it, if you're going to have all of that stuff there for me, it, it would probably be worth it because I love watching all that and I'd like to see what else they come out with. Um, which and also the, reminds, yeah, no, I, I, the, the departure, was it called departures? The Seth green show that's gone, right? That, that's yeah. never going to be, that would never, other than the little bit that they showed at what, like celebration that will yeah. never see the light of day again. Correct. Yeah. Cause that was before Disney took over. Okay. Um, Cause that was supposed to come out before Disney took, o- uh, took over. I would, I would have loved to have seen that. You know, there has to be, considering what they showed, there has to at least be one or two episodes of that that was created. I- I'm surprised that they wouldn't put out something. Cause they're, they're, well, you know, we, we've talked about some of the robot chicken stuff. Some of it's yeah. tremendous. Some of it's just kind of eh. But I appreciate the, again, people of our vintage that have passion and, interest and are willing to put it out there 
I, I think I think if I remember correctly, I think Grub saw the footage. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. He's not here to defend himself, but I I remember hearing about it and and them saying, oh, it's unbelievable what they did, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it kind of went away. And I think you know most cartoons anymore only go what four or five seasons tops. I mean, it's yeah. not. Yeah, they're not. Nobody's the Simpsons because I don't think they want to be. I think they don't want to be. Right. They don't want to be tied down necessarily as creators to something. Have they talked though about what would be next? Like, what is the? I have not heard anything as far as what might be next, which is a shame because, to my knowledge, Rebels has a good fan base, uh, and it's interesting because they went from Clone Wars, which was roughly it was five seasons. It was really six seasons uh, when yeah. Disney took over. Uh, and the sixth season came out as the lost episodes and stuff. That was the, um, that was the Netflix season, right? Did, wasn't there right. a Netflix? Yeah. Yes, that was yeah. the Netflix season. And then they did Rebels, and Rebels actually does tie into the Clone Wars. It kind of picks up in some respects where Clone Wars left off, uh, just jumps ahead in time and everything else. Um, so Rebels has been phenomenal. Um and like the first, you know, to me, Rebels was just like Clone Wars, where the first few issues, I was like, okay, this is okay, I, I like this, it's good, and it just got better and better and better as it went along. Um, so I would love it if they could do something else, and I don't care where they go in the timeline either. Like I just want to see more animation done like this, good storytelling with good animation, with characters that I care about. Um, so I don't know what the next thing is. I don't know if they even have really talked about the next thing. Uh, Grub, maybe he knows through his research. He can always, you know, reach out and, and let us know. But um, I have not heard about a next thing when it comes to an animated show. So I don't know. So I know. Get this on is it, last, Disney. Yeah, I know this is the last season for Rebels. So I'm curious where it's going. I've been watching it. It's been it's been fantastic. So. Um, I'm very eager to see where all these characters end up because they're, this takes place before uh, New Hope, and obviously they're not around. So I don't know if they die or what happens, uh, but it's been a cool buildup. Uh, seeing Thrawn in an in a animated show has been fantastic because I think they got a great voice actor and they've been portraying Thrawn perfectly. Um, it's been really good. So... Um, the other thing I was going to mention, we didn't talk about before the show, but, uh, but tied into this whole like Disney doing this and Disney doing that, uh, Disney possibly buying Fox. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw that news of them looking to buy Fox Entertainment. They wouldn't be buying the news and they wouldn't be buying Fox Sports, but they'd be looking to buy Fox, uh, Entertainment. I, I read that it, died on the Did vine. It. I guess it wasn't, I mean, it's kind of what I read last was it was not going to go anywhere, but it's one of those things where look, you know, and we've talked about it and I'll say it again. Disney is buying, you know, Disney bought star Wars to, to hit the like, well, like it or not, it was to hit the boy yep. segment of the market from, you know, five to 12 or whatever it is. Yep. Well, let's not kid ourselves. I, I don't, I don't mean that to sound sexist or anything else that was the whole pitch for them and i think we all can i think we all know that so right now now you say okay well we we haven't cornered the entire market let's try to pick up even more of the market the this the the thing that's frustrating in that is just like we talk about independent comics or kid-friendly books or all ages kind of things 
if one one person controls all of it, you're gonna that roadmap is gonna be so tight, you're never gonna get anything else. And that's so that kind of that's a frustrating. I, I did see where one of our favorite creators came out and said, "Hey, don't sell because uh, you got Deadpool and that's your Star Wars." Right. And I thought that was pretty damn funny because I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, they got a point though. They yeah. they they have some. They have, they they have a they have a a, a niche. Yeah. I think you know Fox has put out what two rated R superhero movies now. Both yeah. of them were very good. I I thought Logan was was very good. Yeah, Deadpool I loved. I cannot wait for the next one. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean I think to that point it would they would effectively neuter that stuff because yeah. they don't want that's not. That doesn't fit the brand. That doesn't fit the model. And so we can we can all geek out about well, look. Would I love to see a superhero movie where every Marvel character known to man is running across the screen? Absolutely. Throw right. Rom in there. Put in the Micronauts. Hell yeah, man. Put, right. every, put Alpha Flight and, <laughs> and the Fantastic Four <laughs> and everybody you could ever imagine. Yes, I would love it. But do I have to have it? No. And and. You know, we were we were talking about uh, earlier, and I think we may be talking about you know as far as creator moves and things. Uh, I read something that basically said, "Do you, they, nobody's reading the comics effectively?" You know, when you yeah. a, a Thor movie comes out and makes a you know a, a hundreds of millions of dollars, how many of those people have read a Thor comic in the last two years or five years? Right, right. Not and and so how do you? To, to kind of like the Star Wars comics, you how do I spread the word or how do I get more people involved? Well, I, I have to make it enough accessible enough to try to get in, but then I got to keep my fan base too. Right. And so uh, it's a uh, look. I if the more underwear, the more underoos I can sell, the better. I mean, that's right. Well, like the fun, the funny thing about it for me, uh, my only thought when I I heard about the possible Fox uh, buyout was. I was like, well, that's an interesting way to get the X-Men and the Fantastic Four back. Like, yeah. I didn't think about any of the other, like, parts of Fox Entertainment. I just really thought, like, okay, I guess, I guess this would be a, a unique way to get the X-Men and Fantastic Four back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, uh, and Marvel maybe finally putting out a Fantastic Four comic book again, um, because they won't be bitter. Uh, but yeah, Fox has, you know, I wouldn't say even just with Deadpool, but I'd say Fox has been doing a great job overall when it comes to the X-Men characters as a whole, which Deadpool is part of that. Um, the show The Gifted, I've been watching that, and that's been a really good show. Uh, and that's that that's the X-Men characters, and they refer to the X-Men and stuff in the show, and there's actual X-Men characters in it. There's you know They're the lesser-known X-Men characters, but there's X-Men characters in it. Um, and they're supposed to come out with the new mutants movie, which looks like a horror movie. And I was like, that's really cool because I do think just like we've seen with the Marvel, uh, ones that are being done by Disney. Um, it's good to branch out into other genres, even though it's all superheroes. So the new mutants ones, it's superheroes. They're X-Men characters. They're, they're superheroes, but, um, but they're doing a, a horror twist on it. And I don't know if you saw the trailer for the new mutants, uh, movie, John, but I would, I would definitely recommend checking it out if yeah, you haven't. I, I did, and uh, I read, you know, I read New Mutants as a kid, 
And they, you know, I think that's the only way to kind of make it Sienkiewicz looking was what they did there. Yeah. Uh, well, I go around and see it. No, I, I mean, it's, I do. I mean, they, I think they portray it as a thriller kind of thing, but it can't yeah. be too horror. Cause you know, it's, it's not like they're chopping people up. I mean, they're, they're just discovering their powers. They don't know how to control them. And I, I think there is, there's, that's an interesting, that's an interesting way to look at it. I, I can't wait to see how they design Warlock. Like, how are yeah. you, or, you know, how is that going to work? And, yeah. and so but then you know, again, you, you have characters like Wolfsbane that makes a perfect scary. Yeah. yeah you have uh, magic who, who deals with demons and stuff like that. So I'm like, like to your point, yeah, it's not going to be a Chopin type horror movie, but I think it's going to be it's going to lean more towards the psychological thriller horror movie, um, which I think is a really it's a good direction to go in with a, a it's a different take of superheroes. So did you did you happen to watch what was the show on FX? Was that Legion? Legion, yeah. Was it? Did you happen to watch that one? I watched the first episode. I heard it got better at the, after the first episode, but I only watched the first ep- episode. I felt it was more art than substance. Okay. Um, it felt very artsy. It felt very stylized and, but story wise, it was, I felt it was very confusing and it felt like a, an art house piece of, you know, a, an indie type show rather than telling me a good story. Like it just, it was very pretty to look at all the stuff that they were doing, but story-wise, it just was like, eh, it did not make me want to watch the second episode, so. Okay, yeah, we, I know, I, well, again, don't have it to watch it anymore anyway, but yeah, I, I don't know anybody that watched it. I mean, I, I've heard on podcasts people talk about they enjoyed it. It was a diff, different take or a different way to do it. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I think to, to your point, that you, you don't, they can be cookie-cutter, but so far, and so, yeah. You know, if, if Fox does take, you know, takes what they have and, and makes it edgy without being, you know, Batman, Superman, dark, where everything's just right. Looks like it's shot through a, you know, through a, a whatever strainer to where no, there's no color, yeah. <laughs> yeah. color. And I, I, I read today, I, I'm sure you may have seen it, but I guess the preview, the reviews for Justice League have started coming out. And oh, no. It, yeah, um, very interesting because it's definitely a mixed bag okay. of views. But most of them say, "Hey, you know, there's a lot. There's there's something there. Like basically, yeah. it's it's not. Um, yeah, they're like it's a mess, but there's good. It's a good mess. Okay. And I, that's a general. You'll have to go out. Like I said, it, it, I saw it, I see it on Twitter, and I read a few of the. You know what you well now you have 280 characters if you didn't haven't heard that yeah, folks yeah yeah <laughs> but you can uh, some of the reviews that I read out there were were interesting it was because uh, that's one that I look I I've not I've not been a fan of the what they've did I did see Wonder Woman I enjoyed Wonder Woman a lot um, yeah I, I thought it was very well done uh, but you know I I did not care for Man of Steel I did not care for Batman versus Superman was better than I thought it would be, but it still was not my thing. And I was like, man, if, if that's more of the same, there's just no way I, I just can't, I, I just can't, it's just not for me. But again, that's the great thing about all this is not everything is going to be for me. Not everything is going to be for you. Um, but the, the people that love it, love it. And Hey, you know, we can't all be conformists, right? Right. Right. No, at, for sure. So, and that's the thing, like, and I'm, we were talking about some of that before the, the episode, but like, I'm, I'm someone that's 
you know, very middle of the road. I'm somebody that I love the stuff that everybody loves and I'm somebody that like, I love the little unique things as well. So, um, you know, I agree with you on the, the dark looks of, of stuff, but you know, like you said, the, the, uh, Batman v Superman and everything else and, and Man of Steel and stuff. Like I love Man of Steel. I thought Batman v Superman was lacking quite a bit, uh, in a lot of areas. And they just made it look through a filter dark. So there's that version of dark, and then there's this whole New Mutants version of dark, which isn't how they filmed it as dark. They're actually going for a dark tone. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it's two different directions. Like DC Comics right now has this uh, metal story going on, which is this dark version. And even though they didn't market it very well, the story is actually very good, but it's very dark. It is like, but in a good kind of dark where it's just like wow some of this stuff is kind of disturbing and this is a this is kind of a different type of story for dc um but i am really enjoying what they're doing with it so um, i was hoping they were joining like iron maiden or something that they were <laughs> some kind of no, band. <laughs> it's it's interesting because it's kind of like uh for those that have been watching stranger things which i'm halfway through the second season and i'm loving it um but the uh, it's kind of like in Stranger Things, they have the upside-down world. So it's kind of the same thing. There is this other universe that is the dark universe of the DC world. So think of every decision you've made in your life, John, and the other decision you could have made and how bad that other decision would have been. You know, So think of the good decisions you made in your life, and if you had done the other decision, how bad that could have turned out. Well, this other dimension is those bad other decisions uh, for the DC heroes, and especially <laughs> Batman is what they're focusing on. So okay. those universes don't survive. Well, these characters have decided they've gathered together in that dark universe multiverse and have decided we don't want to just have our existence be wiped out. We're going to come to the, the, the light side of the, un- the universe and take over. Uh, and all, there's all these versions of Batman where Batman decided to go down a very dark path and he has taken over other heroes powers to do so and things like that. And it's, it's pretty dark, but it's a really good story. I just, unfortunately did not market it very well. Cause everyone was like, what the hell is this metal thing? But it, I actually have really been enjoying the story. I hope they, I hope they bring it home and I hope that like it, it ends as well as it's been going on. Um, but yeah, that's like a again, it's like a darker direction for them, but not darker as far as just hey, it's visually dark and it's gritty and stuff like that. It's like an actually dark tone, which I can appreciate that. So, um, the last thing I wanted to mention, I think it was the last thing we talked about possibly mentioning tonight. You can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> was uh, Marvel had uh, well, really DC had some big news, which is that uh, Brian Michael Bendis is leaving Marvel and is signed an exclusive contract with uh, DC. Uh, which is big doings because Bendis has been Marvel's, one of Marvel's uh, architects for years now. Uh, you know, he's been one of the ones that helped direct what the direction the company went in when it came to their stories and stuff. So um, any thoughts about, him, I know you said you haven't really read a lot of his stuff, but yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, you know, I was out during that time. I did, I've read some of the Miles Morales Spider Man, and I've, you know, I've heard him interviewed, uh, Word Balloon and and stuff over the years. I, I think it's a, it, it's it, it will be interesting to see 
what comes of that with other potentially other people. Uh, you know, talk about the fact that there's been certainly been chatter about other, you know, I, I would call them big names or bankable type yeah. names that 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 DC may potentially be pursuing to to put under exclusives and and I, I you know I guess for for me I don't quite understand how you have enough books to go around to some extent. Um, yeah. At least you, you, if you have ten big names and you got eight books, what do you do? Right. I do think it will be interesting to see how Marvel and, and, and I will say, you know, you know in, in this day and age of of, uh, you know, where there is a lot of unpleasantry that it, it Marvel and, and Casada and the people in, in, in power have been very respectful and uh, appreciative. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they have now I don't know if they'll come out and put their foot on his throat once he's out the door. But sure. I will say they have handled it as gracefully, and he and he seems to have handled it very great. It wasn't like he's yeah. and I'm the double bird as he walks out the door. Because let's face it, you know, uh, memories are short and life's long, and yeah. uh, and and who's to say that four or five years down the road your exclusive's not there anymore, and you know you may yeah. be banging on the door asking for work. Um, yeah, yeah, it just seems like so- it just seems like somebody that was like, you know what, uh, I it's time for me to branch out in a different direction in my career. And Marvel was like, okay. Yeah. I will be, I will be curious to see what comes of that. Does Marvel then try to snake for lack of a better word, a, a somebody or, or, or go after poach uh, writers from DC? I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but do they do that? Or do you see a crop of new writers? Just like we were talking about, you know, you started to see new writers in the eighties or, you know, yeah. like when we had Mark Wade as our guest, Mark Wade started, what, 20 years ago. You know, is this the start of a new cycle of people that might be writing for the next 15, 20 years? Yeah. Uh, so it would just be, it'd be curious to see how they play it out and, and how it affects. Cause yeah. Again, as, the, as, a, as a poor Marvel reader, I've not read any new Marvel for probably, what, a year so I don't know. I don't know what's going on until you tell me what's going on with them. I, I don't I'm not read it. I hear the names of new people. I haven't. It's not for lack of. It, it's not that I hate them. I just don't know them, and it's not telling right. enough for me to want to go read it. You told me about this new cat, this new cap from Wade Insomni. I'm going to check that out because those are creators I know, and I really like their work, and I I know their track record together. Yeah, I'll give that a shot. I'll I'll definitely read that. But like I said, how do you how do you maintain your Iron Mans and your Caps and your Spideys and those if you do you, those are really t- vaunted, trusted properties. Right. You can't just give them to the new guy or the new girl, right? A new lady. Right. You can't you can't do it that way. So how does that right. work? And and how right. knowing that yeah. They were the new people years ago, but Tom King, let's face it, Tom King was a new guy for lack of a better word. Five years ago, he was writing time warp stories in vertigo. Yeah. He's been a hell of a lot more than that. And then I just saw he tweeted pictures from a Sergeant rock story. He's doing Francesco Francovilla and I can hardly stand it. Oh my God. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's apparently coming. And yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, okay i'm in i'm in for that yeah, i mean exactly now i don't know if it's just a one shot or what it is i don't but care I, 
you know, yeah, but yeah, he, uh, I saw that. And I thought, holy cow. Um, yeah, man. So anyway, uh, it, it, as an outsider looking in, it is interesting that it, it seems like a splash. Again, I appreciate, I appreciate how Marvel has handled it to date. And I will be curious to see what they do to, to, how they how they soothe how they how they soothe that ball? And what kind of how do they gonna how do they fix? And is it a pain? Is it just hey hey we lost him, but we've got a great stable, and we're gonna go to the stable, and maybe that person that's written a couple of things, all of a sudden you're gonna I'm gonna start seeing their name more. You know I always look at I, I you look at creators. Um, you know we met Erica Henderson years ago, well before Squirrel or anything else, and I have. From a Heroes Con, from an auction, she did a black costume Spider-Man farting. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, farting Spider-Man, and he's flying through the air, and he's got this noise coming out of his butt. Eric Anderson <laughs> drew that when nobody knew who she was, and we yeah. met her. I was like, that's hilarious. So, you know, but now she's very uh, marketable and a name. Yeah. She has a name. Yeah. So yeah. Wh- what's to say that – what's to say that a writer that we don't know now in a year or two, all of a sudden it's like, holy cow – Right. That's the, that, that person's writing and they're the business, you know, they're the goods. Yeah. Well, a couple things, uh, I'll say one thing I wanted to jump back to when we were talking about, um, it, you mentioning like, uh, the, a new, uh, guy writing a title or new woman reading, writing a title, um, made me just think about, um, going back to what, when you were talking about, uh, Disney taking over Star Wars because they were trying to hit that demographic of the, the boys of a certain age group and everything else, which is completely true. That's why they also took over Marvel and everything else because they were trying to hit that age group. The cool thing is that even though that was their intention, uh, Disney, you could tell from the merchandise and everything else, Disney also realized that, hey, um, there's a lot of girls and women that also love Star Wars and also love Marvel, and you're seeing that more and more in the merchandise that's coming out. Um, which I think is awesome. So it's like, even though they did it with one intention, they're realizing that the audience isn't what they thought the audience was, that the audience is far broader, which I think is really, really great. Um, mentioning the cap issue, uh, I, I mentioned it to you before we started recording and I will, uh, tell anyone out there, uh, I think it's issue 695 because Marvel redid with their legacy thing. They went back to their original numbering and stuff. Um, of how many issues Captain America was out there. Uh, Captain America 695 is, it's Mark Wade and Chris Somney and it, and they're supposed to be the creative team. So it's not just for the one issue. It is one of the best comics I have read in several years. Uh, especially cause it brings back Captain America to who you want Captain America to be. Uh, it's an awesome issue. It is, it can, it is a pretty much a self-contained story. I have a feeling the next issue is going to play off of some things that happen in the this first issue, but it is very much a one-and-done issue. So you could totally read it, and that could be the only thing you read. Uh, it's well worth going out and picking up. Um, and then uh, when it comes to Brian Michael Bendis, uh, one of the things you mentioned, John, was like, you know, you only have so many titles and everything else. Um, Di- uh, Disney. <laughs> DC has been... Uh, mentioning for a while now, like ever since Rebirth happened, that there's a few series that they want, that they're going to be releasing. And I'm waiting eagerly for them to come out, which is a, uh, Legion of Superheroes title, 
uh, a Justice Society of America title and a Captain Marvel Shazam title, probably just be called Shazam. Um, they've been mentioning those three coming out as titles for a while, ever since Rebirth came out. They said, you know, and in fact, on the one Rebirth variant cover, they show the Justice Society of America. They've been showing Legion of Superheroes characters in various titles, hinting at them and everything else. And they've been hinting at the Justice Society characters as well. So I, for all, I would actually love to see Brian Michael Bendis writing Justice Society of America or writing Legion of Superheroes because some people out there might feel differently. Um, I've liked his individual character stuff, but I have liked his team books better. Uh, I just think he does the team books really well. Um, people refer to him as being the talking heads writer because he has a lot of comics where it's just a bunch of panels of characters in, in the panel talking. Uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, but it, it doesn't, he does have a lot of issues like that, but it's not like the words are pointless where it's just talking for the sake of talking. Like it typically drives the story forward. So I would like to see him on a, a team book. Um, and that could be what they have planned for him. They have not announced what he'll be working on. So, uh, like I said, I'm kind of hoping personally, I'm hoping he'll be on a Legion of superheroes book because I think that could play to his strengths. He's good at writing the younger characters. He, I think he's good at writing team books. Um, you know, he, he wrote a lot of the, you know, he wrote, um, uh, ultimate Spider-Man for how forever. (laughs) So, um, and that was dealing with a lot of young characters. So I think he would be really, really good. Um, hell, team him back up with Bagley again and have him do Legion of Superheroes, bring the ultimate Spider-Man team back together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that could be really, that could be a selling point for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't know what'll happen. Like you said, I'm very interested to see what happens next because, you know, they've, there's been rumors of Hickman. There's been people making comments about Jason Aaron's contract when that goes up. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens and then how does Marvel react to it. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, hell, I'd love to see, as much as I want to see Mark Wade stay on Captain America after reading that one issue. I'd love nothing more than to see Mark Wade come back to DC. I don't think it's ever going to happen because I think they had a falling out, but, um, but that'd be cool to see Mark Wade come back too. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see all the, there's been a, just a lot of big geek news that's come out in the last few weeks. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you wanted to talk about or mention? No, I think we've, we've talked about quite a bit. Like yeah. you said, a lot going on and getting to the home stretch of the year and got, uh, got Star Wars coming and, uh, yeah. 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 Um, I'm pretty sure that the upcoming episodes we'll have for you guys will be, uh, more like comic reviews. Uh, we'll probably do, I would think we'll probably before the end of the year, I think we'll probably try to squeeze in maybe another movie episode or something like that. Um, would love to get an animated episode in there, but, uh, I know, Robert and Shannon right now are very busy with things going on. So, uh, so we'll see what we, what we can do. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely have a lot more things planned. There's, there, we don't lack for material to do episodes for. So <laughs> a lot of times when, when I reach out to John saying, Hey, you want to record? It's, it, John's response is, okay, what's the topic for this one? <laughs> so. 
or or you'll share a topic with me like you did with this this one. Yeah. Like, hey, why don't why don't we do Star Wars? So, um, so yeah, so yes, and and to back you up, John, it was John's idea to cover Star Wars for this episode. So. <laughs> Direct all your hate mail to starjoespodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, why don't you tell people how they can find you, John? Sure. You can find me on Facebook, John Thurman. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Thurman. I uh, want to do a, a, a shout-out, uh, as I typically do, another podcast. Um, some of you may be familiar with a comedian by the name of Jimmy Pardo, who has a, a podcast called Never Not Funny. Uh Pardo started about 12 years ago, so he is truly one of the OGs of, of podcasting, particularly in the comedy world. And while he has not hit the heights of some of the other uh, podcasters that are out there, they all cite him, you know, as as one of their, you know, he he was there and he was doing it, and they were following him. He's got a new podcast that just started that's really super fun called Playing Games, and it's about a 30 minute show. And it's a game show, and they have they have three people call in from around the country. He has a guest this past week, um, or the, the the one coming out next week because I have Stitcher Premium, so I get it a week early. But the next guest host will be Zach Galifianakis, and they do different. They they bring them in. You know, they have these uh, people like you and me on as as competitors, and they basically do seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and twenty tens. And they, it, it, it could be movies, it could be music, it could be just a general overview of that, of that, of that era. But they do different games. They'll, they'll play one game with all, with three competitors, get it down to two, get it down to one, and the last person competes against the guest host. And they, oh, wow. it's a really cool show. And Pardo has actually hosted a couple of game shows on TV over the years. So he's got that skill, but it's, it's super fun and it's, it's short. And again, if you, I know those of us, those of you listening are pop culture fans, it's a really fun show. And like I said, it's just started. Uh, you can find it on, it's on Stitcher uh, and probably where else you find them. But again, the show's called playing games with Jimmy Pardo and would highly recommend that, especially if you're just looking for something for fun some you know, comedic, you know, there's definitely a comedic bent to it, but it's just fun to basically, you know, a 30 minute game show that you can listen to. While awesome. you're, while you're, yeah. Yeah. Sounds cool. Uh, well, I do want to thank our, uh, Patreon sponsors, uh, Jonathan Morgantini, who I know is, uh, again, he's, I haven't heard anything. Otherwise he's still looking for people that want to do the GI Joe role playing. So if you're interested in that, Reach out to me either through Facebook or through email. I'll get you in touch with Jonathan, or you could reach out to Jonathan directly if, if you're seeing him on uh, the Star Joe's page or if you're connected with him through Facebook. Uh, Matt Anderson, who has nothing for me to promote, but I, he's at the sponsorship level, so I always love giving him a shout-out. He's always good for reaching out to me, and we'll, we'll just chat and bullshit about stuff in general. Uh, and then there's uh, Ben uh, Penserga. Uh, who he has the movies and a meal, uh, podcast, which you can find at bumpers.fm slash u slash movies and a meal. Uh, you can, that's where he has it right now. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be branching out to things like iTunes and, and whatnot, but I'll have, uh, the link to his show in the, in the show notes on our website, uh, of starjoes.com. Uh, this, uh, I want to thank the 
patrons that have donated. Uh, it's been awesome. I actually will have an episode of that out by the time, a new episode for patrons out by the time you hear this episode, um, where I cover both, uh, the previews catalog from October and November. I got a little bit behind, so I covered both catalogs. It's a very big episode, uh, that I cover all of that. So I basically talk about the titles that already had come out in October and November and, uh, kind of give a little bit of a review of the stuff that I've read out of those. And then, uh, later this month, there'll be another Patreon episode where I cover the previous catalog for December and January to get myself completely caught up uh, with all those titles. Um, I started covering the Green Lantern series in the Patreon episode, so there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, you can get all that extra content for just $3 a month, which I think is pretty minimal uh, for how much you're getting. You're getting another extra two to three hours of this show, <laughs> of me covering other stuff. Um and we'll definitely have another episode of this, of the free podcast part of it, uh, out at least one more episode this month, if not two more episodes this month. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, the YouTube stuff I'm still doing, just trying to get stuff out there more consistently with that, but I have been recording episodes and just have to get them out there for you guys. So a lot of stuff is going on, uh, and it's, it's all good stuff. So it has me jazzed and excited and everything. So, um, so with that, let me go ahead and give, uh, our information. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a group page and a fan page. Uh, in regards to the fan page, I do have, uh, for Star Joes, we have an Instagram account. And on the Instagram account, I post comic reviews of just stuff that I'm reading, what I thought of it. Uh, giving it a rating, uh, and everything. I have linked the, uh, Instagram to our fan page as well as to Twitter. So any of those comic reviews I post will post to Twitter and they will post to our fan page. So it's definitely worth looking, uh, liking our fan page. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about any of the comics I'm reviewing, what you thought of them. So, uh, I love nothing better, like, yeah, I love giving my thoughts on those comics, but I love nothing better than having a conversation with you guys about what you thought of those comics. So um, that's more fun for me is hearing what you guys thought and going back and forth and talking about it and everything. That's a blast. That's why I also love the group page. So if you ask to join the group page on Facebook, uh, I will approve it the second I see it. And uh, yeah, be part of the group, like contribute articles that you see that relate to the show or just relate to geek culture or whatever, and let's have conversations on the group page. I post every Tuesday, and sometimes I have to wait till Wednesday, but I'll post uh, the comics that are coming out that week for that are related to Star Joes and other stuff that's coming out, and I always ask you guys in those posts, like, what are you reading? What are you enjoying? It doesn't have to be the comics that I'm posting that are coming out that week. It could be whatever you're enjoying to read that you want to talk about. Um, I also love seeing what people pick up at their comic shops. So if you want to take a picture of what you picked up at your comic shop and post it under that, that thread, that's awesome too. Like it's great. Uh, the community has been really, really awesome. So, uh, that we've been growing in. If you're not part of it and you're on Facebook, please become a part of it. Uh, if you're on Instagram, you know, you can put comments underneath my posts on Instagram. Uh, it's, it's really been a lot of fun. I know John mentioned him being on Twitter and I know he's super active and he loves responding to you guys. So, um, come be part of the group, be part of the community because we love it. Um, 
But you can email us, speaking of being part of everything, email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com, and we'll read the read your email on the air and respond to it. You can also leave us a voicemail. We haven't had a voicemail in I don't know how long. So uh, voicemail is 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. All of this information is at starjoes.com, as well as merchandise we have available where you can get T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs with the Star Joes logo on it. Uh, you know, all that stuff helps the show. Uh, it helps take care of some of the costs and everything else. But more importantly, I keep the cost very low for those items because I'm more interested in getting you guys out there with the shirts and the, and the sweatshirts and everything else because people notice that logo and they like it and then they ask you about it and then you get to tell them about the show and then they get to be part of the community and we just keep growing and getting bigger. I am seeing more and more people becoming part of the community every day and it's been awesome. So, um, we just had like a few people that just, just this week that asked to be part of the, the Facebook group and we haven't had some new people in a little while. So I'm, I'm very excited to kind of see some new, some new blood coming in and, and be contributing. So, um, but yeah, I think that's everything. So I can't think, uh, you know, we're on Stitcher radio. We're on, uh, the Podbean app. There's just, we're everywhere. So, um, so with that, uh, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.